Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. And the prophet now is speaking for God. And so, in effect, this is what God is saying. And he is speaking to his people, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, you have been like a childless woman, but now you can sing and shout for joy. Now you will have more children than a woman whose husband never left her. Make the tent you live in larger. Lengthen its ropes. Strengthen its pace. You will extend your boundaries on all sides. Your people will get back the land that the other nations now occupy. Cities now deserted will be filled with people. Do not be afraid. You will not be disgraced again. You will not be humiliated. You will forget your unfaithfulness as a young wife and your desperate loneliness as a widow. Your creator will be like a husband to you. The Lord Almighty is his name. The holy God of Israel will save you. He is the ruler of the whole world. Israel, you're like a young wife deserted by her husband and deeply distressed. But the Lord calls you back to him and says, For one brief moment I left you. With deep love I will take you back. I turned away anger for only a moment, but I will show you my love forever. So says the Lord who saves you. And the time of Noah, I promise never again to flood the earth. Now I promise not to be angry with you again. I will not reprimand or punish you. The mountains and hills may crumble, but my love for you will never end. I will keep forever my promise of peace. So saith the Lord that loves you. O Lord, help us this morning to understand the vision of this prophet Isaiah. And as we think together this morning, the one verse I would have you to keep in mind is that second verse. Make the tent you live in larger. Lengthen its ropes and strengthen the pegs. There was a man one day, I'm quite sure it wasn't this time of the year, but he was watching a man and his wife, in all probability, erect a tent. And as he watched this man and this woman, this man and wife, as they put up their tent, he noticed that there was something sort of strange about the situation. In many ways, it was a normal, everyday situation. That is, the tent and people going through this process of erecting a tent. But he noticed in this situation, this man and this wife, and this woman, they had a large, normal tent, but he noticed this peculiarity about the situation. He noticed that they let the wall sort of sag a little bit. And it had not been expanded to its full capacity. He also noticed, as the custom was in those days on those tents, that they had a sort of a, a sitting place with, a, with an awning out over it. And he noticed that they didn't unroll this part of their tent when they erected it. He noticed another strange thing about the, this couple and their erecting a tent. 
He noticed that they did not drive the tent pegs into the ground properly. They only seemingly stuck them in uh, just uh, in a casual type of way. And the tent cords that hold the tent erect and hold the stable and, and makes it to look neat and clean, was a, they had done it in such a sloppy way that the tent ropes were sagging. Every Boy Scout knows what I'm talking about this morning. And what the prophet is saying, there was just a sloppy way of uh, erecting and putting this tent up. And as this man, watch this man and woman erect this tent at that very moment, God spoke to him. Now, you may think that scene took place yesterday or maybe last summer, not yesterday, but last summer. But this happened 4,000 years ago. And as Isaiah saw this man and this woman, as they went about that sloppy way of putting up that tent, at that moment, God spoke to him. And I read to you part of the message that God revealed to this man. Now, let me say to you, folk, when we begin to look at the situation, you can see that Isaiah, as he voices God's word, is talking about something that is fundamental to every one of us here this morning. He was not only speaking to Israel and to his people, but he was speaking to the individual too. And inasmuch as he was speaking to Israel, his chosen people of long ago, how much more can we say today with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the information that you and I have about God and about Christ to know that he is speaking to us today, especially when he talks to us about his unchanging love that he has for us. But for us to be able to make the most of this, of this great love that God has for us, there's a certain responsibility on the part of each one of us. And this is what Isaiah was able to see in the tent situation. You see, he's talking about something right down where you and I live. Something everyday situation. Uh, something that is meaningful to us at this hour and the next hour and tomorrow and tomorrow's tomorrow. He's not talking to us about some type of theology and a concept or philosophy that only operates every once in a while. But he's talking about an attitude toward life and a knowledge of God that can be meaningful to us every day of our life. Now when he talks about enlarge your tent and, and strengthen the cords and drive the tent peg into the ground, what in the world then must he be talking about? Now, folk, I don't know what all God is talking about. Because, you see, he's talking to you as an individual. But somewhere in the midst of this, uh, you will know that God is talking about a commitment and a dedication on your part that he expects. The first thing that I would call to your attention uh, that Isaiah was able to see that uh, these people thought too, too small. You see, this man and his wife, they were thinking too small, you see, and not stretching the tent out and putting it up properly and preparing for what God had given to them. You see, he was talking to his nation too, maybe to us as a church. And there was no expectation on the part of the people. What a tragic situation. Of course, at this time, most of the people had been carried away into exile, you see. And they were facing hard and difficult times. And so he saw the sloppiness of the people of God. This is what he's talking about. They were thinking too small. If there's a young person here this morning that would give ear to me for just a few moments into this scripture, let him listen well to what the scriptures to say. Today you're in a situation where you're preparing for life, and that's what he's talking about here too. 
How are you preparing? Are you preparing your life in such a way today that come tomorrow's tomorrow's tomorrow uh, that you will be able to look back on your life in such a way to know that you have done precisely and exactly what you should have done in order that you might be able to have the fullness of life that you need? It's talking about a preparation that you and I can make today and training ourselves to be what we, we ought to be, the most miserable, tragic situations that I know of that I meet in life yearly come through people who have, have experienced their, uh, their youth and, and their young adulthood and now coming into the uh, place of old age and look back on their life and realize that they're in the same predicament uh, that uh, this man and his wife in relation to their tent. I don't have anything in my life uh, that can really account uh, for these hours and days that are upon me. My tent uh, sort of sags. My dwelling place. The citadel of my soul, you see. He's not talking necessarily about something outward. The citadel of my soul, of where it lived. The tent was never erected right. And now time, and now time runs out. Well, he must also be talking to the church. Talking to his people. The borders of Zion, he says, have been drawn in. Well, you think about the church. And you think about the Methodist church. Leave our sister churches alone. Just think about the Methodist church. Is it not so that every year that we turn in a record of where we have lost the more people than we have gained? One of the great churches within our conference. And it's typical of us as Methodists. And I'm not picking them out to criticize them. I'm, I'm only picking it out to say that here's where somewhere where we stand as a church too. That in this great church, with all the people that it has, it will only record one addition uh, to the church family. Uh, that is, they've taken in more than that, but the one, the one that uh, they have one more member at the close of this year and they had to start the year. Our borders have, have been drawn in and our enemy has taken the day and, and we think in terms of not just so much how to expand the situation, but do we not come as an, as an attitude within our heart and our mind and our soul of how we can conserve something, you know, instead of thinking in terms of, of how we can expand our situation to be able to meet the condition that God has asked of us. Well, the people were, in, many of them in exile, their, their young people had been uh, carried off and, and enslaved. And you see, when we stand and look at the situation, what God is saying, and what Isaiah was able to see, you say, we can't say that it is God's fault. It's not God's fault. No, no. The responsibility is ours. It is not the person down the street or over the way uh, that it is ours. If we do not measure up to what we need to measure up to, we can't look at someone else and, says we, and say that we have, have been betrayed and, and we have been neglected or denied. We have to accept the responsibility, the responsibility for that. Well, they were thinking too small, you see. That's God's people. And they worked too little. The tent was not fully erected. Why? They were tired, weary, worn out, disgusted, without any hope. Well, you can ask just about anyone in, in the church today, and they tell you that uh, they're either done or doing their part in the kingdom. And I wonder if we could really make that stick as a, as a church. You know, to erect a tent, uh, folks, it, it does take some real doing. It, 
It takes some work if you do it and do it properly, if the tent's any size at all. I have something burn into my mind. I can see it right now, as cold as it is. But this was done in, in a very hot time in Lincoln, Nebraska. How could I ever forget it? I was in the mess personnel in, uh, in the Army, and that's a nice way for saying I was a cook. You know, dress it up a little bit. Anyway, I remember in our maneuvers, old mess sergeant came in, and I don't know why, they always took out the most ornery, cantankerous characters in the world to make a, a mess sergeant out of. And anyway, I remember he kept coming in and telling two of us now, he says, I don't think you, you two know how to erect a mess tent. And so this is your day. And so now I tell you what we're going to do. The, because we were training at a railroad station in Lincoln, Nebraska. And he says, I want you to get the men's tent, load it up, and take it down on the parking lot at the railroad station in Lincoln, Nebraska, and erect it. You mean right smack in the parking right smack in the parking lot. So we load that thing up and drag it down there. And we get that thing up, you know, and just hammer those big old pins into that, that asphalt. It was just two of us, and this other character was meaner than I was, and I was so sweet, he made me do the work. You know, you can believe that, can't you? Well, anyway, it just put blisters on your hand. We had that thing, I think it was 12 pegs to a sign. And we had that thing up, and here he comes tooling in, you know, in a weapons carrier. And he walked over and looked around it. He says, well... He says, there's only one thing wrong with it. He says, you have erected it on the, in the wrong station. You go across town and erect it over there. And you know that character made us take that tent across town and repeat the situation. Now, that's a fact. <laughs> and then after we had done it, he, we took it down. We never used it. Putting up a tent, I'm telling you, can be work. Now, what this guy's talking about, you see... We can sit here today in comfort and think that he's talking about something that easy is easy to do. But folks, he's talking about one of the most difficult things in the world to do, and that is to meet the expectations of a living God that loves us and will not turn us loose. You know, sometimes it'd be easier, would it not, that uh, we as parents know this, if you didn't love your kids so much, you wouldn't discipline so you just would throw them out, you know, don't, you know just let them go wild. Think about God and his truth. God is not going to turn us loose. Well, then in the midst of your heart and your soul, he's going to speak to you and tell you what the situation really is. They didn't work properly, you see. Their faith was too small. Their faith was too small. They were called to have a greater faith and a greater trust in God. You see, they lived in a time of uncertainty, a time of tension. A time of great trouble, a, a time of great distress, a time of great frustration. I don't care what time you say you live in. You haven't lived in a time any worse than what these people were living in long ago. And it's the very thing that they felt they could not do was the one thing that God was calling them to do. You roll out every piece of canvas that you have. The living place where you live, you make it as large as it can be made. And you drive those tent pegs into the ground and strengthen those cords because whatever storm might come, I want you to be able to weather that storm. And you do it in such a way that regardless of what kind of storm it is, you will have the knowledge of knowing that it is going to stand. 
Oh, my soul, listen to what he's saying. Listen to what he's saying. It doesn't make any difference about the conditions around about us. Let us not come to the place and say we're not doing what we ought to do because of the condition and so forth and so on. That is not acceptable to God at all. We come to the place where we have a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father about the greatness of his love that demands of us in turn then to do what we need to do regardless of what the situation might be, regardless of how cold it is or how hot it is. It really doesn't matter whether it be the weather or whether it be our community or whether it be this world in which you and I find ourselves today. And the last thing I would call to your attention, and I'll do it quickly. You see, they had a busted courage. Well, if you get the picture in your mind of this tent and this man and woman going about the way they were doing it, you would think that they were going to put it up. And as soon as the little breeze came up, they were going to take it down quickly, load it up and take off. That's not what God's called us to do. He's not called us when the winds of change or the winds of frustration begin to blow hard that we fold up our tent and fade into the, into the desert, so to speak. No, no, that's not what he's calling. He has called us to stand, to take our stand and to stand regardless of what the situation might be. You take your stand and stand. But these people were timid, they were frightened, they were frustrated. And the enemy, they had let the enemy come in and snip at them in every way, and so they got smaller and smaller and smaller. And God is saying, there's no way for my people to live. There's no way for my people to live. The time has come for us to take our stand and to stand and to speak with such clarity and speak with such a positive attitude and to speak with such assurance that in all the frustration and the confusion and the noise that goes on within our society, that people will be able to hear above all of this that here is a way to serve God. Now, folk, the time has long passed that we can afford the luxury of all people thinking well of us. Today, we must speak and act in such a precise way that people will be able to see and to know where they disagree with us. We need to be able as a church and as God's people to speak with such clarity and with such force that we put this world in a position where they have to choose sides. Where did we ever get this concept that we are to live in such a way that we can make peace with both sides of the situation? comes to the place where we have to take our stand and we, we speak, yes, with love as much as we possibly can, but let it be with such clarity that this world can make up its mind and make a decision as to what is right. And we within the church need to do precisely that. We need once again to enthrone God and his kingdom within our own heart and soul and in our midst. We need to enthrone him within the church and within our own hearts and soul, so that this world, dear friends, told that this world, whether it agrees with us or not, will be in a position to make a decision. And may you and I live in such a way today, in this world and in our community, and wherever we are, that the people in our passing will know that a man or a person of God has walked among them.
Now, focus the only hope for our society, for our church, and for the world. You see, we are called to erect a tent within our heart, in our soul, and in our community, and in the world for a people who need to know and experience the care and the love of a living God. The responsibility for that is up to you and to me. O our Father, help us then today that we might be able to prepare our hearts and our souls in such a way that we would be able to make the most of the opportunity that we have today in the kingdom, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of his words, finishing the work he started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.